Today's episode of The Ringer NBA Show, Sources Say, is brought to you by Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Teams is your hub for teamwork in Office 365. With so much to look after, wouldn't it be great if there was just one place to look? Teams is that single workspace where you can work, share, and connect with the people in your work life. Teams brings together your chats, meetings, files, and apps all in one place, and you can take teamwork where you work with apps for mobile and desktop. So whether you're sprinting towards a deadline or sharing your next big idea, Teams can help you and your team achieve even more. Microsoft Teams and Office 365. Visit office.com slash teams to learn more. We won. Yeah. <laughs> they suck. Yeah. We here. Yeah. What? Oh, what are you talking about, man? Sound the alarm. It's time for a playoff sources say. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Chris Ryan. There's a lot to talk about. I start that I actually start that with every podcast I'm on. No, that's not true. That. Oh, like every podcast that you're on? Because yeah. I feel like we've had some fallow periods on I know. Sources Say. It hasn't really been a dramatic wasn't a dramatic regular season. But it's definitely been a dramatic playoff. Yeah, for sure. Very testy. Yeah. I think you get, we've definitely, after you hit game two or three, everybody starts getting tired of seeing the same old people. I'd like to start with someone who is surprisingly not very testy. And I find it weird. Yeah. And that's Mr. LeBron James. It's not. What happened to Zero Dark 23? Okay. So it's a tradition unlike any other at the <laughs> beginning of the play. And the first day that LeBron's team starts the playoffs. So not necessarily the first day of the playoffs, but his first day. Yeah. He tweets... Zero dark twenty three or zero dark thirty twenty three mode activated, and then he's done with social media until his season is over. Yeah, so he has been dark on social media. He has an Instagram since the fifteenth, right? Yes, and he hasn't tweeted either. But and but his last tweets were like political; they weren't even tied to the playoffs. They were. It was. Uh, I think he was um, saying like to Deion Sanders, like, "Cool, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll just read it. Why? Why speculate? You I know? know. Go to the source. His last tweet was on April fourteenth, which was the Saturday of the playoffs. His game was on Sunday. And he said, preach prime time. Once you understand, you'll be better off. Hashtag facts. Hashtag fan, handle your business. Pound. Pray. Preach. Pray. Sign. Whatever. And it was, it was reach. I, I don't know. Emojis. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a kid. Deion Sanders was tweeting about how being an athlete's a business, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. That is a really like inauspicious way to begin your postseason run if you're LeBron and we're used to you being like zero dark 30 mode activated let's go yeah ready for war let's do it yes yeah I think that also I you know the the most interesting thing that's happened with the Cavs in this sort of tedious Pacer series has been the Tom Brown suits yes and that it, it seems like a frankly more frivolous act on LeBron's part than we are used to in postseasons. Absolutely. This isn't like, we're not trying to tr- like be like concerned trolling LeBron. No. He clearly I'm is still like... Not concerned about LeBron, concerned about his his commitment to the Cavs. Wow. Yeah. Do I sound like Stephen A. Smith right now? <laughs> you t- it's like identical. <laughs> a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So LeBron uh, told the story to both Dave McMenamin and the New York Times about the suits. And those two stories were ready to roll the second the pictures of the Cavs and their yes. suits came out. Um, I feel like I should disclose them, quoted in one of them, but I didn't know it was happening. Right. You didn't I, know that this, it was about the suits. No. You gave a quote about style. About style, yeah. yeah. I didn't know this was happening, right. though. And when I was like, I saw it, I was like, oh, interesting. I, a couple of takeaways from that article. 
Dwayne Wade was the one who came up with the suit idea. That and everybody it, should wear the same suit. Yes, suits. and he's right. the first one who started talking to Tom Brown, and they started planning it back in January or February, which is important because Isaiah commented on an Instagram picture with of one of the of one, of some calves in their suits being and he said like LOL I remember when I got fitted for these. So it's a long-standing idea. Oh, so this is kind of like branded content that they had been planning for a while. Yes, almost. it goes yeah. it goes back to the old Cavs team, the pre-deadline right. team because it was Wade's idea and Wade very actively works with his stylist and he he and Gab you go to a lot of fashion shows and I would say LeBron's like into the finer things, but he's not like number one fashion icon in the NBA. No, but, pretty nondescript. Yeah. In and comparison so, to like, you know, Russell Westbrook showed up looking like Andrew McCarthy in uh, in Pretty in Pink the other day. I thought you were going to say St. Elmo's Fire. And no. I was like, great, what a great film. But he had like the tie, kind yes. of like the baggy suit. Yeah, yeah he looked, very, he did look very John Hughes movie. Yeah. Um. So this is like, this is an old idea that LeBron decided to stick with. I, I guess they had to rush the fittings for Rodney Hood and co. Um, <laughs> but it's just kind of like a weird look. It's not the LeBron that we're used to, the playoffs. Yeah. You know, I mean, this team is, is a couple of missed shots away from being swept by the Pacers. Yes. Now, they are also a couple missed shots away from being up 3-1 on the Pacers, but... Ugly series is what you're saying. Ugly series, and I think that this is probably the more I watch it, the last stand for Ty Lue. Like, I don't, mm. I don't think he's going to be the Cavs coach next year anyway. Seems like there's going to be a lot of coaching vacancies. Well, part of it is obviously Ty has been dealing with some medical issues over the course of the season, but part of it is also like, I just, I just think that he's like run out of ideas of how to play this team, even though he has all these different tools. There was something really dispiriting kind of about watching like TT and Calderon and uh, Corver and, 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 and LeBron and JR. It's just like, well, what the hell is the point of all this upheaval? If you're just going to keep running out the same guys that you've been running out for three years. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. It it really is a, a good question. Also, the other thing that's kind of weird about it is like in crunch time, there's been obviously a lot of LeBron and LeBron has carried the team. Playing like all the second half, yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't say we're getting like Killer Instinct LeBron that often. No, and when Horace went on Zach's pod and they had a really interesting conversation about not body language in terms of LeBron liking or not liking his teammates, but body language in terms of how much energy LeBron has in the second halves and like watching him give the ball up to Jordan Clarkson and Jordan Clarkson kind of like looking to LeBron being like, are you going to get back involved here? Right. And LeBron just kind of like standing there. And so Clarkson has to like create something. Clarkson. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, LeBron has been pretty emphatic about like, I it doesn't matter if I play 35 minutes or 42 minutes. What matters is like actually getting ready to play in the first place. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I wanted to ask you though, like one person who's been in and out of this team in the postseason and I think people thought was going to really bring a level of like steadiness to the backcourt is George Hill. And he's out with a back injury. But um, I don't know. I feel like he's like Rondo, but not funny right now that I think is an incredible compliment to George Hill Rondo, so. Rondo is one of the like, one of the better point guards the last 20 years um, George Hill is like part of many winning teams like he's yeah. part of like many like sensations Spurs Pacers yeah uh, the Jazz last year he yep. was like a big part of that run and lifting them over the Clippers um, but he is not like your glue guy like I think he is like on the court he is really useful and like rises to the occasion but he's definitely not someone who you uh 
you know, you're like, let's go grab a beer. Like he doesn't like give like the rousing pregame speech. Like we'll talk more about the Sixers, but it was cool to hear that like yeah. JJ told the team about um, his like oh nine experience and how like shortly after going to the finals, like it all unraveled or whatever. Yeah. And so I don't think George Hill is like going into the locker room being like, I know what it's like to be on the other side of LeBron James, like when you're in, on the Pacers or whatever. And well, this is this is LeBron conundrum. It's yeah. like you you can mix and match and add all these pieces, but in reality, it's difficult for him to coexist with people who have ambitions to be maybe not on his level as a player, but to have maybe a say or control over the team that he's on. And this is ha- right. this happened with after a couple of years in Miami with with Wade Riley and Bosch. Uh, it obviously happened after a couple of years with Kyrie and nobody of the new guys that they brought in with this overhaul has been able to really challenge him, not only in leadership, but also just like, I'm the next best player on this team, run the offense through me when LeBron is yeah. off the floor. Yeah. They so. don't, yeah. They don't have like basically what Dwayne Wade was. So for do you the think heat. they're going to go to the finals? I think they, I think they will. Do you think they'll beat the winner of the Raptors? Uh, Wizard series? I do. I think they'll play the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. And I still think they'll win. But I don't know. The Sixers are exciting. Should we talk about the Why Sixers? Don't we? Yeah. Um but, like do you want to just like give a some kind of spiel? Like how would you like to go about this? I don't have a spiel. I wrote something for the site. It's really good. Thank you. Father. Um, and it was like also I it's different than the way I felt about writing about other Philadelphia teams because usually with Philly teams, like there's a degree of tension where you're just like I this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to work. Like what, what, what disaster is going to befall this team? Like what single is going to get hit through the infield or like football, like Carson Wentz's knee is going to explode or we're just going to lose to Tom Brady. And you're just kind of always relieved and surprised. Mm-hmm. And um, Ben Simmons does, is just like alleviates that. Yeah. He's um, really good. He's lost once in like three months. It's amazing. Um, he's really I don't know what happened with their record is in the last three months, but they've they won six their last sixteen yeah. games. They lost once to the Heat, and they basically like did that thing last night that was kind of stunning. They just like played around with the Heat for three quarters, and then they were like, "Nah, now we're gonna go on a twelve zero run." Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was the kind of thing that I don't I don't want to say championship teams do, but very 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 good teams are able to do. Yeah, where they- he was like, "We're gonna conserve our energy." then we're going to destroy you, and then we're going to shut the door. I would say notably what the Warriors did not do against the Spurs last yes. night. Yeah. <laughs> Very much not the same thing. Yes. It was kind of interesting watching those closeout games back-to-back because you expect the Warriors to play more like the Sixers did. Yeah, and they I just thought, didn't have that energy. I thought that that would be the Sixers, I thought would be more like what the like Jazz looked like the other night where it was like obviously so hype in Utah. There had been trash talk beforehand. Like, and then and the Jazz came out and were super physical, just like the Thunder were, and they completely took the Thunder out of it. But there was just like a cauldron like atmosphere in Utah. And with the Meek stuff before the Sixers game, I thought that it was going to be this cauldron like atmosphere in Philly, and it was loud, at least over TV. But I felt like they just played under control the whole time. Yeah, they really I feel like did. they were just like, it's just any other game. We're just going to knock this out. Pretty amazing that no one punched James Johnson. Like, honestly, shocking. Well, he managed, he tried. Do you think that? Like, I, like James Johnson's not going to have an MMA fight with another human being on the court. No, but they were really, like, whacking Ben Simmons a lot. Yes, a lot they were of trying hard to, fouls. Yeah. Like, they were trying to really, like, I think, you know, like, punish him. Like, really, like, obviously, it's almost like a compliment. Like, yeah. trying to, like, um, neutralize his impact on the game. He wouldn't give in. And also, like, none of his teammates gave in. It yeah. was it was pretty cool to watch. I, I'm very impressed by the ego management 
of this team. Well, the thing is, is that they're not actually this young team. Right. I mean, they have young players and they have some cool prospects and like Markel's there and TLC's right. there and Dario's like, still growing. It's but NBA's fourth season is, in the league. Yeah, and also like Ben looks like he's been playing pro sports for 10 years. He had a season to like condition and like bulk up. And a lot of there's there's guys, Covington's a veteran at this point. Redick is obviously a veteran. Ilyasov and Bellinelli have played for like s- multiple teams. Bellinelli's a champion. Yeah. And... You've got, I just think that there's just a degree and, and Amir Johnson. So you yeah. have like actually like a block of veteran leadership with a few young guys rather than a bunch of young guys with like a, one or two veterans. Right. And, and also, that's, that's, a, that's a key thing that I don't know that people are seeing enough. I also think the continuity of Brett Brown's kind of underrated, even if like yeah. he didn't get a chance to really coach the sort of having the same authority figure or someone who sets a culture and you stick to it, yeah. I think is also meaningful. It, was, it seems like Embiid really loves him, which is so sweet. The the video where Brett Brown goes over and hugs him I and know, like, puts like his head on his chest because yeah, it so much taller. They're a very <laughs> so lovable funny. team. They're a very lovable team. You want to talk about the Meek stuff? Sure. It was just, I mean, look, like I think it was, it's great that he got out. I'm so excited for him. Uh, it's like a pretty, if you follow it and I recommend people try and read some of the stuff like the Rolling Stone expose about the whole case. There's also a bunch of stuff on philly.com through the Inquirer and the Daily News that's been chronicling it for this whole time. Um, and I think what people were responding to somewhat last night was like, let's make sure that like the larger point about um, like criminal justice reform yes. uh, is and, not lost. And our policies about mass incarceration are not lost in the Meeks free. The world is put right again. Let's get him like as many photo opportunities as possible. Like I have, no, I don't begrudge Meek doing anything he wants after he gets out of jail. He can do whatever he wants. I think people were a little thrown off by like Bob Kraft from the Patriots owner and Michael Rubin, the minority owner of the Sixers, yeah. being so publicly visible in this case and being like, well, what else are you doing for like what is like honestly like a complete societal ill? Yeah, like it's a little hard to um, uh, equal out what we know about Bob Kraft's other like political sure. interests yeah, yeah. with him showing up for Meek Mill. I'm still confused by it. Do you know why Bob Kraft is involved in this? I don't know. because so, so he said in a Washington Post article that he had heard some of the players talk, like the NFL players talking yes. about it. And Meek's like a super popular. Like at the Super yeah. Bowl? Did he hear the Eagles well, players no, talking and then, about it? But I think also the Ruben connection is there because Ruben was part of the group that was trying to buy the Panthers with Steph Curry. Um, and so I wonder if they know each other through that. Michael Rubin is basically an e-commerce billionaire, I guess. Yeah, he started Fanatics. Um, yeah. And there's like an ooh la la or something like that. Yeah. Ooh la la. It's like a fashion overstock. Yeah. Um, and so he was heavily, you know, he actually has been involved in this for a while, but, uh, and Meek seemed to have like genuine personal affection for him. So it's, it looks like those guys are like friends. I know it did. And it seems, and you know, there were pictures last week of Bob Kraft going to visit yeah. with Michael Rubin. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, it's not so like, that's what I think the connection is maybe is like via like a NBA, rich guy NFL, shit, but yeah. also NFL ownership stuff. Interesting. Yeah. It's real. It's like it's fascinating. It's also um, I feel like Meek Mill has like popped up in pop culture, like you know, not only for his music, but then for feuding with Drake, and then with, with you know dating Nicki Minaj, and then with all of these, particularly athletes championing his cause to be released after he was um, in prison for a parole violation, and so it's kind of like. I don't know. He just is like similar to the Sixers. I don't. And again, I don't want to trivialize like trivialize sure. anything. It's tough to do because like him. you're talking about it's like we're conflating these two yeah, separate we're things. Like, obviously, yeah. prison reform. But they, but, but they got they got put together by yeah. the staging of his release being very much tied to this to this team and this event. And he's yeah. been sort of the soundtrack to Philadelphia sports for the last twelve months. 
It's pretty amazing. What a run Philly's having, the sports teams. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes, please. Do you think Ben Simmons is the next LeBron? I really do. Do you think that he can can develop like a personality? I think basketball-wise, like... I think that... I think he has to, like you said, develop it. I don't think he like has the natural charisma of LeBron. But first of all, he is like in the LeBron camp. So he like his introduction to the NBA mm-hmm. and NBA culture is through the prism of being part of clutch sports. So like there, there's that that's helpful. Second of all, he's so like unafraid of the moment that I think that he could learn those things. And yeah. I also think that like one thing that really became apparent to me when we did LeBron versus Jordan week at the ringer is that Jordan was just such a different kind of celebrity and he was willing to take on various roles like he didn't also did not have the same kind of natural charisma didn't really like play the family man in the way LeBron does sure. but he's like arguably a bigger star yeah. and I feel like I feel like Ben Simmons would actually be a mold of like LeBron James style I mean, of um, LeBron James style basketball and Michael Jordan style celebrity or I like, mean if you're a 10 year old if you're a 10 year old kid and you're watching him, you're probably like, that's my favorite player. Of course, because you don't even have to be able to shoot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so he is like obviously incredibly gifted. Like he sees the court in a special way, but he's also just like a really great athlete. Like in many ways, he, his type of game is more attainable than some other ones. Like it's, it's almost like he's a good foil to Steph too, because Steph is like a testament to how much you can like learn to shoot and like perfect something yeah. against the odds, against the odds. Like Ben Simmons is like, if you're a really good athlete, like there's a future for you in basketball. Do you want to talk a little bit about your Miami heat? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, I was rooting for the heat in the series though. I support you and the Philadelphia 76ers. I just love coach Spo. Yeah. And you've been a heat fan for life. For life. As a young child in New York, I, I rooted for P.J. Brown. Um, I think looking at all of these rosters, I think the most improbable to be a playoff team is actually the Heat. Like, that is just not not a playoff basketball team on paper. There's something missing there. Like, there's supposed to be a star there, and it's just like a bunch of guys who are supposed to average 11 points a game, but they play nine of them, yeah. so they get there, you know? Do you think that this team with LeBron, this current Miami Heat, would go to the conference finals? Yes. I do, too, and I just think yes. LeBron should go back there. I also think... Like this team with LeBron would be, oh yeah, I I 100% think that. I just think that would be a really fun team. Like I would actually love to see LeBron surrounded. So by they would have to keep UD and they would have to keep Wade. Yeah, but like they can get le- the um, Jawan Howard deal. How do you think that LeBron straight would, into the front office? How do you think LeBron would feel about only making like five more million dollars than Tyler Johnson next year? <laughs> he would probably be like Tyler Johnson. <laughs> let's talk about your appearance. What can we do here to get you in a Tom Brown suit? Yeah. But I, I actually would like love to see LeBron with like a ragtag crew. Like it feels like this like a, a good sports movie conclusion. How do you also feel about Tyler Johnson electing to save dental surgery till after the playoffs? Do you think that that was like a I want to look like really rugged and hardcore? I mean, he obviously, if you have dental surgery, Isaiah Thomas had it during last year's playoffs. It's really difficult to mm-hmm. also play. I'm sure it's a very sensitive time. You can't get hit in the mouth when that happens. But I thought that was a really advanced look for him. Uh, it was really something. Combine it with his hand brace because he hurt his hand. Right. I really enjoyed all the people being like Kelly Olenek, uh, Goran Dragic, and Tyler Johnson look like they're on Rumspringa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that, but I like it. My favorite heat is with Justice Winslow. Yeah. I actually love Josh Richardson, too. I hope they both stay on that team. And not Whiteside, though. No, not Whiteside. I Richardson don't... and Justice are like why I love the heat, though. Like They really develop players. Yeah. I, think, I think it's cool. Great system. Believe in Pat. There's so much more to talk about, Chris, but first, let's talk about today's sponsors. Today's episode of The Ringer NBA Show Sources Say is brought to you by Hotel Tonight. If you're the type that's always looking for a bigger, better deal, you've got to get Hotel Tonight. 
Hotel Tonight partners with awesome hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means you get amazing deals. Their name is Hotel Tonight, but you can actually book in advance. Book next week tonight or next month tonight. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe. No long, endless lists of a zillion hotel choices. Hotel Tonight only shows you the best deals at the best hotels. It's perfect for whether you're a planner or like to leave things to the very last minute. And with Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. Unlike other loyalty programs where you're trapped into staying at boring chain hotels, Hotel Tonight has been a godsend for me. I've used it uh, frequently whenever like my wife and I have like an inspiration to take either like a staycation or go somewhere for a weekend. We love to just check out Hotel Tonight, see what's like a deal in Vegas, what's a deal in Tahoe. Or Malibu. It makes it sound like we only gamble, but we actually don't. You d- you are not a gambler. That's funny. So uh, you, go, you go for the hotel is what you're saying. Yeah, the hotel is the draw. So start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Sources say is brought to you by the Google Assistant. With the Google Assistant, you can complete over a million actions on your phone, in your car, and around the house. One of my favorites is to get the latest sports info when I'm in the car and can't be messing around with my phone. For instance, yesterday I was driving home while the Bucks and the Celtics were playing. Thank goodness for Google Assistant. With the Google Assistant, I can get the latest scores, team records, and schedules. Download the Google Assistant today. Now more about NBA beefs and so much more. One thing we forgot to discuss with the Miami Heat, beefs. What was your favorite beef from the Heat? What was your favorite like antagonistic relationship from the Heat Sixer series? I think it was the, the the pregnant pause every time James Johnson squared up with someone about whether or not he would like leg lock some guy around the around the throat. Um, <laughs> but I also really really enjoyed like how hard Justice Winslow played, even though he is now like not allowed in Philadelphia ever again. But the stepping okay. on Embiid's mask was like, all time wrestling villain shit. It was dope. Yeah, I think that I would like Duke players more if they were like that in college. Just yeah. be villains. Lean into it. Yeah. Go for it. A lot of beef so far this playoffs. I actually can't believe how much like jawing there's been. No straight up fighting, but a lot of jawing. Yeah. And also guys who clearly like from the second they walk out on the floor are like that you and me are we have a problem and it hasn't gone away. So like Joe Ingles and Paul George have literally been arguing for four games now. It's incredible. Do you know anything about the roots of that? Like, is that like an international basketball situation? Like, I don't. Like, what, what's the deal there? I don't know about it. And I don't think Paul George or Playoff P is really one for feuds. He does not seem to be really, like, eclipsing this. He's not using it as, like, fuel. Let he, me just say, I am not surprised it's easy to get inside of his head. And <laughs> What I'm, would you find there when you get there? Uh, it's a great question. Can't answer <laughs> that either. Uh, and it's, it's kind of surprising this hasn't happened sooner. Okay. Like, it actually speaks to how much people like Paul George around the league that they don't try to like get in, get in his head. Yeah, like I feel like Kyrie is a type of player who tries to um, do that sort of thing, where mm. he will like try to go at you. And I think you know Chris Bosh talked about it on the Bill Simmons podcast. How like when you think you can get a mental edge, you take it. Oh yeah, people don't seem to try to seize that with Paul George. Uh, I think they definitely done Russell Westbrook in this in this series. What did you say? I think they had definitely have with Russell Westbrook in this series. Yeah. So, where it's like they so, basically like were like, you can get Russ on tilt. Ringer NBA show favorite Rick Rubio is just having the series of his lifetime. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I feel like he's just really grown up. The man bun is powering him. Yeah. I do like his man bun. But he literally like Russ like came out, had the quote about like Ricky Rubio is not going to do that to me again. You know, made a, a concerted effort about how he was going to guard him. And Rubio used that to his advantage and got him in two quick fouls. Russ was completely out of it the entire night. He seemed like obsessed with like 
like foul calls mm -hmm. and then they've spent the last like two quarters basically almost getting tossed the entire time yeah. it's a miracle he didn't get retroactively given suspension. a suspension for like what happened at the end of the game he really should have yeah i mean it's gonna be i i actually think tonight is like a definitive moment in the thunder franchise really tonight wow thursday night wednesday night well you can hear your follow-up thoughts on that on group chat yeah but like if they lose tonight if they, lose, I don't know what they do. if they lose in five games again with this team, Paul's gone. Mm -hmm. Mello will probably opt in. Russ is on the hook for $130 million or whatever it is over the next few years. This team's screwed. Like yeah. this team and and like what? Do you fire Billy and try and bring in another person to try and communicate like an offensive system to Russ? I, I don't know what's going to happen, but this is like a really, really, really big watershed moment for this team tonight. They win... They can maybe come back 3-1. We've seen it happen before. If they lose tonight, this is really bad. Related question. Do you want playoff P on your Sixers? Um, Do you want an existing star on the Sixers? I think playoff P works better within the Sixers as like, LeBron. than LeBron. Definitely. You got Ben Simmons. You don't need LeBron. I Yeah, I actually think that LeBron and Ben Simmons would be have like a yeah, huge absolutely. impact on each other. LeBron, I mean, Ben Simmons naturally plays the role that LeBron has been forced into as yes. he's gotten older and he is not with Dwayne Wade, yes. basically. And it's awesome to watch Ben Simmons in that position. And w why would you want to, like, stifle that at all? And, yeah. and having LeBron on the team absolutely would, not to mention, like, some spacing issues. But, yeah, it's just, uh, it's really fascinating. I think Paul George would probably still go to the Lakers, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows where he could go? Um, we, d we didn't really talk about uh, Whiteside versus Embiid. Yeah, that one just didn't really even rise really, to the like beef out. level. I mean, Whiteside's like, season peaked in the preseason when Joel Embiid uh, Instagrammed about him. That was I mean, when, when, was, when was CSI Whiteside? Like in August. Yeah, so that's when I think his season peaked. Yeah, because it was like hurricane season. <laughs> hurricane season. <laughs> For, what should we do with Whiteside? But the thing is, is that like I, if I had to, if you had to guess, do you think Hassan Whiteside would rather be a weatherman or a basketball player? That's a great question. Probably a weatherman. I, honestly, I think he wants attention. I would love just watching like a vlog, a white, a white side vlog. Do you think we could get him to contribute over the summer to the ringer.com? I think it's in play. I don't know if we could hit his quote though. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you, speaking of fights, do you think LeBron got mad at Tristan Thompson for being so sloppy with his various women and having that come out on the eve of the playoffs? Hmm. Because hmm. I, I have an alternate theory. Okay. I'd like rather hear your theory. I think it's almost like good for the Cavs that, that the Kardashians are down with Tristan Thompson for like for the purpose. Are they of the down with Tristan Thompson? Uh, I think so. Okay. It, apparently, as soon as Chloe can fly, she'll be headed back to LA. Okay. With, with True. Without Tristan. Without. Well, he'll be with the Cavs. Uh, <laughs> what I if they're done tomorrow? Like they could be done this week. I don't know if he'll be welcome back to California, but I think like if if they do if they beat the Pacers and they go on, I actually think it's like good yeah. for the team to not have that extra circus around. Plus. Um, it's not like anyone, any of his teammates would be surprised. It's not, they're not, they're not like they're like, what you, you did this to Chloe? Like, no. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that those like most people on around that team, it's not like Tristan was like, I'm going to put, um, a bunch of like pumpkins in my, uh, my bed so that it looks like I'm sleeping. <laughs> and then I'm going to sneak out to these nightclubs where no one's going to take my picture. Yeah. I mean, this is like, come on. I know it's, it's so ridiculous. I also, I feel like there was some quite a bit of beefing in the Blazers, um, Pelican series, which now feels like it was ages ago. Yeah, I have like a couple of things I thought that I, I did not find that the Blazers uh, post the exit interviews were particularly 
Look, like when they were like, do you think you two can play together to CJ and Dame? I did. I thought that they did. They said the right things. Sure. But watching the video, granted, they just lost and everything. I did not find them like super convincing, even uh, even on the level of like what George has been saying this year about Russ. Yeah. And how Russ is making his decision really easy and all that stuff. Like P- CJ and Dame were not like we're partners like that wouldn't like everybody would want to play with us. Like, we're the best backcourt. We came up against a hot New Orleans team. Let us try again. They were like, you know, basically like, I don't think we need to be broken up. I guess what do we want from basketball players in their quotes? But still. And then like the following days, it's like CJ got into beef with Jason Quick on Twitter. um, And Dame was like, I'm kind of like, I'm over it. CJ had this one great tweet. Someone uh, tweeted at him. You're tweeting this from Drew Holiday's pocket? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Good tweet at Andre T underscore 98. CJ responded, and if I was his brand manager, I would be like, why are you responding, bro? Nonetheless, he said, I'm tweeting from my Benz, left my Aston at home today. Shrug emoji. <coughs> so he's feeling just fine about life. They, yeah. they didn't seem like, wow, this is our year. No. We're, we're devastated. No. Uh, do you think Stotts is gone? Definitely. That's too bad. I, I mean, like Terry Stotts. I like him too, but his wife's greatest achievement is getting to the second round, right? Mm-hmm. A few times. Let's talk about some lighter fare. Okay. Great. Where should we start? Real Let's, estate? Real estate boys. Real estate boys. Kevin Durant's coming to Malibu, people. Um, if, if you're if you're a real estate blog boy, are you like a Zillow boy? Redfin boys? Redfin. He's definitely into Redfin. Redfin boys. For more, more picks. Yeah. Schedule a tour right away. One you know? fine stay boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't tell you the address because that seems inappropriate, but I found it and Googled it. <laughs> and I won't be going. Don't worry. I also think it's like a gated street. But I did get led to a two minute and 25 second video that is a visual tour of Kevin Durant's new 12. You mentioned it's on Vimeo, which is like the higher end. It's on Vimeo. Yeah. It's, it's higher end, just like his Malibu home, which is three stories on the beach. It's pretty far up in Malibu. I believe the street is gated. And if it's not, it's like hard to get to. It's not just like far up, like in the hills or far up north, far up north. Okay. No, it's, it's beachfront. But I'm glad you brought that up because I just I've got notes, which is I think he went for this home because it looks like it's on like a, li- a very small cove where there's only like five or six houses. So a lot of privacy. Cool. I get it. Mm hmm. Malibu, the tides rise and fall, as with all oceans, but the beach really, only certain areas get a good stretch of beach where you can like hang out when it's low tide. Sure. And he did not pick one of those stretches. So let me... This this is an, which is, this is an indoor home for him, like, Uh which is probably for the best because seven footer shouldn't be walking on the Hashtag views though? Hashtag hella views. He has got a great bathroom that like opens out onto the ocean with like a great soaker tub. You mentioned bathrooms that open like a a bathroom view. I I like a bathroom that's like pretty, pretty private. Mm, I would like to see the ocean from the shower. That sounds great. Thank you. Okay. Um, it's really, it's a beautiful home. It's clearly a vacation home. It's like a very decked out. I would hope so unless he's planning on (laughs) (laughs) being a Laker. I hope I can Airbnb it because I love Malibu. But like the kitchen doesn't look like it'll really be used. As Jeff Chow, our our uh, COO, pr- pointed out, there's no fan above the range, so that's a real problem if you're going to really cook there a lot. Okay. Uh, so we're essentially looking at a very expensive three story house with very limited beach access, where he will uh, just hang, hang, yeah. It's just like maybe an you extremely, just record pods with Bill there. It's a, maybe I bet, I bet it's just an extremely high end cabana. What if you bought it to do that? <laughs> to be closer to Bill, the that, pod studio. <laughs> that'd be cool. I, you know, I love KD a lot. I love when he talks to Bill. I just don't know that I would have selected this location. Hmm. 
Um, but you know, I wish him. I well. think you have different priorities. I think that like beach access. He's probably not like, oh, I gotta get in the water. Yeah, I don't think he goes in the ocean, but maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Also, a really nice hot tub on one of the decks. There's three decks, which is really cool. Jeez. I don't know, like a Malibu house because it's just not convenient unless you're like retired and 65. Living on the beach in Malibu is like really, it is just a very high end cabana. The world's most expensive cabana is how I view it. Hmm. And I, I commend the people who are able to expense it, to uh, afford it. Speaking of real estate. Speaking of real estate, this one's a little peculiar. I feel like Chris Paul, so Chris Paul put his Houston house on the market. Yes, he did. It's selling for like 7 million. It's like 6,000 square feet. It's big. Did he re-up in Houston or is this like, He's got his like one in. So he got traded and he opted into the fifth year from the Clippers and then that got carried over. So he, he's up for a new deal. Everyone seems really confident he's staying, mm-hmm. but like, huh. He listed his house that he just purchased nine months ago. I mean, he just doesn't like the house. He seems like he has a lot of real estate investments, though. Well, I was about to say, he, we know that he sold his like second home in the Valley. Right. His other home in, I think, Bel Air also sold. Like, it just seems like he's mo- he's moving around real estate a lot. I do think he lives in this house, though. I don't think he has multiples in Houston. <sighs> is for, for NBA players, is real estate just some place to hide your money? I don't, I don't think Not so. hide your money, like It's not like a Russian oligarch. I mean, yeah, but I, was, I guess what I was asking, like, what's the what's the advantage of having multiple LA homes unless it's their investment? Well, for someone like Chris Paul, who really takes care of his family, like one is for his parents, one is for his cousins, whatever. Yeah. Um, but this is just weird. I, this is probably him just wanting to move, m- maybe to elsewhere in Houston or maybe outside of the city. Yeah. I the Houston Chronicle article is like, but surely Chris Paul is happy here, like, so they don't think he's moving. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, also on the Newswire. Derek Fisher and Gloria Govan, the former Who paramour. Who says love is dead? They got engaged. And ma- apparently Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher have squashed their beef. That's good. Derek Fisher will be the stepfather to Matt Barnes's twins, Isaiah and Carter Barnes. I recommend following them on Instagram. Very cute. Um, yeah, they got engaged against all odds. The Govan sisters just keep on giving. It's this testament to the longevity of this podcast that we've been through so much with so Gloria much. and Derek and Matt. I know that was like that felt like a long time ago. I don't even it was the I can't remember. Did Matt like tweet live tweet driving to Sacramento? He tweeted like being mad about it. He where was he driving? He this was I think his team was in town. Okay, he went he went to Derek Fisher's house where they were having like a family party and like they had a fight. Okay, so I you know it must be really hard divorce sharing the kids new new guy around particularly Mm -hmm. one who doesn't have the best reputation like Derek Fisher. I don't mean like as a bad person but like as a basketball player. I feel like people thought he was like. John Stockton-esque, a little dirty sometimes. A little dirty, yeah. It turns out that I like dirty players per my enthusiasm for the Miami Heat in this series, but (laughs) I get it. You know, it's not always so great. Um, Chris, do you want any predictions? Uh, For tonight's games or just in general for these series? Just in general for the rest of the playoffs. I'm going to go Cavs. Pacers should have won that game. Uh, So I'm going to go Cavs for the Cavs Pacers. I I think Raps still. I do too. I think Raps in seven. I'm going C's. C's over Bucks. Just because okay. there's going to be another. I just can't see the Bucks. I can't see Joe Prunty beating Brad Stevens in a game seven at, right, in at Boston. Um, Hard to imagine. Yeah. Rocks are going to wrap this up. Like, whatever. So everything's going kind of like, I'm really excited about Warriors Pelicans. Me too. I think that's going to be a tough one for the Warriors. Yeah. I'm excited to watch um, how they guard uh, Anthony Davis. There's a lot of options. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Draymond Green. Oh, let's just end by talking about Draymond Green's swagger right now. Okay. Had a good game last night. Wouldn't say he's having a great playoffs or a great season by his own standards. And C-Web sunned him by saying he wouldn't start on many teams. What do you think about that beef? Um, 
I don't really get it unless he's sort of saying that Draymond's a system player. But I don't. I don't. I think it, I. If you got Draymond, you would change your system, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, not a lot of teams play with their like nominal center at the high, like playing at the top of the key. But Draymond can guard three guys, and I thought I thought that was a weird quote from C-Web. But I appreciate the takes because some sometimes I feel like the ex players who do a lot of the color commentary or studio stuff too deferential basically like say a lot of nothing. And they're just like, oh, you got to bring it every night. And it's just like, it doesn't really actually add up to much. So it's a shame because I know Draymond called out C-Web and got like really bothered by it. And I guess you can kind of see why. These guys probably run in a lot of similar social circles and see each other a lot. And they just don't really want to start anything. Totally. It's, hard, he, it's a hard life being a blog boy. It's very lonely. It really is. Uh, what a win for the ringer. Steph Curry wearing that blog boy shirt on the yeah. sidelines. We were all quite excited. You can get one too at the ringer.com slash shop. Great. You can Great listen shop. to so many more Ringer NBA podcast. Yeah, we'll be live tonight with group chat. Um, so you can watch us on Twitter. And the podcast will be up, I think, probably late. You know, West Coast people chilling, watching Corden. You could probably listen to us. East Coast, it'll be there for when you get on uh, on your rat-infested subway. <laughs> um, but yeah, NBA show constantly. Great stuff constantly. happening on the Ringer. Also, NFL draft coverage has been great, so check it out. Totally. Uh, and I can't wait for more real estate moves as free agency nears. Have a great week and uh, go Sixers. Yeah. Enjoy your expensive cabana. Yeah. <laughs>